You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, online at acaville.org. Acaville, a wall of sound you won't want to break down. At the top of the hour this hour, winners from Graz. From July 17th through 21st, Vocal Total was held in Graz, Austria, and it was a great year for the festival. As a part of the event, competitions were held in multiple categories, and from watching the free live stream, the performances were great. Winning in the pop category was Filipino group Acapelago, with German group Blended taking the silver. In the jazz area, Gilly from Taiwan came out on top, with the Netherlands-based group The Junction coming in second. The USA made a strong showing in the beatbox area, with Napalm winning, hot on the heels of him winning the international grand beatbox battle in March. Congratulations to all. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, here on Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. Today, I am joined by Katie Simon, who is an alumnus of DeVisi, the University of Oregon all-female acapella group. Katie, thank you so much for coming on Tacapella today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, fun fact, Katie is... Uh, knows one of my good friends really well because she is his sister. And that's how I was able to nail down this exclusive interview. So uh, Katie, if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and your kind of music history and your time in DeVisi, just a brief overview before we get into today's topic of all female acapella, that would be awesome. Sounds good. So um, musical history, my family is pretty involved in music. And so I've been singing for most of my life in various choirs and things. And then when I went to the University of Oregon for college, I knew I wanted to be into VC. I'd heard a lot about them. They're an amazing acapella group, so I was really excited about that opportunity. And I was accepted into the group in 2010, and I was in it for three years, and it was the best three years of my life so far. I loved every minute of it. We got to compete in one of the ICCAs when I was in the group. So that was amazing. It was great. The best. Absolutely. So today, everyone, we're going to be talking about all-female acapella and kind of the interesting cultural sphere it occupies, uh, one that has changed a lot and been more exposed recently with the Pitch Perfect movies, which are very focused on the idea of female acapella with acapella coming into the mainstream much more and more and growing every year. So Katie, if you could just give us an overview of like your time in DeVisi. So you said you competed, you said uh, you talked about recording on an album, which we're gonna we're gonna listen to a song from that in a bit. What was like kind of the culture like when you go into rehearsal, when you performed, what was the feel of the group? You definitely could imagine that maybe an all women's acapella group would have some high tensions and drama and things like that. but it really turned out to be just going to rehearsal with your 10 best friends every single week. We'd get to have three rehearsals and you know, they didn't, they didn't seem like work. It really was Mm -hmm. super fun and just really encouraging how hard everyone was willing to work at those rehearsals to create something beautiful. Um, yeah. And we did get to compete in the ICCAs in 2012. 2013, um, which was amazing. My group made it to the semifinals in Los Angeles that nice. year. 
And that was something that I didn't even know we were capable of, to be honest. We, I mean, we sounded great. I always knew we were a pretty good group, but I didn't really know that we were capable of putting in that much work. It was Mm -hmm. a ton of work to prepare for the ICCAs. You're getting your choreography down and all of the harmonies have to be tight. Everything has to be perfect before you go. And it was just an amazing experience to get that close to people and work that hard and really see Mm -hmm. some walls broken down during those rehearsals. Um, And then, yeah, after it was actually after I graduated that I came back to record on an album that the oh cool the following years group was recording luckily i was invited back to record <laughs> which i was really happy about because yeah one of my goals being into vc was to be on an album so yeah which i think a lot of people all i mean everyone wants pretty much anyone in acapella i've ever met wants to be on an album because it's obviously a very uh visceral and exciting experience uh something you said definitely um that i'm, I'm really curious about as you said it's easy to imagine that an all-female acapella group would be like wrought with tensions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious why you say that because I, I have my own ideas of why people might think that. But I'm, I think there's definitely some like sexist uh, ideas of like what a group of women is, especially like a competitive one. Why do you think people would think a female acapella group would be fraught with tensions or be catty or all these things? Phrases that I hear come up a lot when I hear about. Uh, generally men talking about female acapella groups. Yeah, let me preface it by saying that those were all opinions that I had prior to getting into the Yeah, group, ob- yes. <laughs> I don't want you to come on the show and be like, yeah, the VC sucks. awful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, so yeah, everyone, I feel like I had my own stereotypes before I auditioned. Um, you kind of hear about female acapella and similarly compared to like a sorority, you know, Yep, I was gonna like ask. a group of women and just stereotypically groups of women, especially who are competing for solos or, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to be in the spotlight, you would kind of, a lot of people would definitely assume that there would be some animosity and big personality clashes. Exactly. And the interesting thing about Debussy, and I'm sure a lot of other collegiate acapella groups, well, most collegiate acapella groups, is that it's a student-led group completely. Mm-hmm. Yep. So all of the leadership positions are held by peers, which would be another reason why I might have assumed that things could get a little catty, because if mm-hmm. you don't necessarily vibe with your music director, you know, yeah. it get tense. But it's, I mean, it completely changed my opinion immediately we did this I think it was probably my first week in the group we did this um sort of day retreat where we you know used it as an opportunity to bond but also just really got all of our hopes for the group out on the table and all really discussed about what we were nervous about and what we you know wanted to see happen that year and just knowing that a lot of the people in the group were on the same sort of wavelength as me going into it and, you know, feeling like, yeah, maybe things could be more tense or dramatic mm-hmm. because we're women with feelings, but <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to let that get in the way of us creating something. So I, I don't know. Did that answer the question? Yeah, you totally did. Yeah, because I think your point about wavelengths and expectations is uh, is a very accurate point. I had. I started my new group, the Mountain Horns, this past year at Colorado State, 
And while it was a good group, we sounded good. There were definitely a lot of different interpretations of what it should be. And that I don't think it had like a lot of drama, but as with any like real first semester group, there's a lot of competing ideas on what is this group going to be? How are we going to fit into campus culture? And I've, and both that group and, um, my group at the University of Puget Sound, the Timberman, both those first semesters were very fraught because it's so hard to establish those wavelengths, like you said. And for me, I, I like, and again, this is like my own unintentional sexism. I just went in thinking like, oh, well, it's going to be a bunch of dudes. We're going to be fine. Like, we're all going to be chill. And I found it was like, at least for those, both those first semesters, way more dramatic than I ever thought possible. And I think that hearing, comparing that with, years talk about Davisi, I think it just kind of shows like, hey, this is a gender neutral issue of mm. regardless of if you're a boy or a girl, you just need to have communication and you need to lay stuff out on the table. And eventually uh, Timberman did become what I kind of envisioned it would be with a bunch of guys being pretty chill and pretty fun. But that wasn't honestly because we were dudes. That was because we had had uh, three solid semesters of communication and a clear vision of what the group is. And I think that's so, I mean, I think that's great uh, that you guys had a retreat and kind of said, hey, here's what the criteria for the group is. Here is what we want to be in. Here's the cultural space we want to occupy. That makes a lot of sense. And I just hope people kind of understand that, again, it's a gender neutral issue and divorce it from this idea of, well, girls are all inherently like this and men are all inherently like this. So I'm curious, uh, what were some of the challenges you guys faced as an all-female group? I think on uh, a lot of times, and I've heard this from men and women a lot, the, there's a perception of soprano, alto, acapella groups as like instrumentally uh, confined or inferior to SATB or TTBB mm-hmm. groups because of range, because yeah. of, of the three standard kind of groups, uh, tenor, bass, SATB, and SA, you guys don't have a bass, uh, bass sound, unless you have, you know, someone else, because the cisgender uh, soprano alto larynx just doesn't go to those kind mm-hmm. of um, those frequencies. So I'm curious, what was kind of, what were some of the challenges you faced, even as an established, well-known group? Like you said, you had heard of Davisi before. I remember, you know, as a fellow Oregonian, I'd heard about Davisi in like, I don't know, junior high or high school. It's just people generally know who they are, uh-huh. even with that notoriety and that established uh, kind of cultural image. What were some of the challenges you faced as a female acapella group? Um, so definitely arrangements were difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, not always. We had the, during my time in the group, we had some incredible female bases. How low did they go? I'm curious. When I hear the phrase female base, I'm like, what does that? Yeah. They, I would say, could pretty comfortably hit. Uh, I'm trying to think of like. Yeah, like F, is it four or three or two? Yeah. Yeah, I think like a G probably pretty comfortably. G below middle C or two Gs below middle C? Mm. No, that's too low. <laughs> I have met, I had, I did meet a like 55 year old Polish woman once who could nice. sing like a low G and I, that's it's pretty yeah. crazy. I think a low like DC was probably how, yeah. about how low that most of our girls could go. But I mean, it really did carry a lot of effect and they mm-hmm. sounded amazing, but there were times that we'd have arrangements um, that had, you know seven different voice parts and we had to Mm -hmm. have one girl on bass and one on beatbox. And it was just, it was hard to 
always create the sound that we wanted, especially with the kind of stereotype surrounding that girls aren't able to sing <laughs> a full sounding arrangement, you know, yeah. and really wanting to do justice to all of the arrangements that we had. Um, another struggle that we did face, and I know that they had faced previously and probably still continue to face is just the idea surrounding female acapella, mm-hmm. you know, having that fine line of it being about the music, but still wanting it to be the group that you want it to be, whether you want it to be sexy or flirty mm-hmm. or fun, however you want to do it. And Davisi in the past has really wanted it to be centered on the music and um, outfits were chosen specifically for performances that, you know, kind of made it more of a neutral gender Mm -hmm. type of feel wearing all black with ties and trying to really have people not centered on the fact that it's a group of women singing and just as a group of singers and hearing that for what it is. And over the past few years, Davisi has been like, you know what, if we are all female identifying and we all want to be that, that shouldn't be something that makes people lose their respect for us or changes people's opinions of how they're hearing the music. And so that's kind of been an issue and a struggle, just trying to really find that fine balance between, you know, being great and being a good singer and having everyone recognize that outside of just being a female group. Yeah. Cause I think, um, like if, I mean, I think the kind of double standard here is like, if I said my group was all going to wear like suits that doesn't, that's not seen as like a like quote unquote slutty or like kind of like <laughs> trying to use our gender to like uh, quote unquote enhance like the sexuality or the like, uh, like draw people in with our looks. It's just like, oh, look, those are like fine strapping men. But if women want to dress like women groups want to dress, you know, in like nicer clothes, a lot of guys or a lot or a lot of people will you know, assume like, oh, it's, they're just trying to use their looks to like draw mm-hmm. us in or whatever, which is really messed up. Um, and I'm curious, because I, I remember seeing Davisi at the ICCA's, uh, not this past year, but the year before with the ties and it was like button down shirts and orange ties, I want to say. And right. um, so did you, did you agree with the more gender neutral approach while you were there? I did like it. I thought it was an interesting take on something that I ne- I hadn't necessarily thought was going to be the case getting into the group. Mm-hmm. You know, you assume like, again, assumptions. I assumed getting into a group of girls who would be wearing like fun dresses or, you know, even choir dresses or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really appreciated having the, you know, the uniform picked out and it just, it was nice to all be, you know, really kind of low key in appearance so that we could... So the focus was the music. Yeah. But as I went on in the group and, you know, we started bringing up topics like what about our individuality and Mm -hmm. like what we as individuals are bringing to the group? Is it really helping us as performers Mm -hmm. to have this completely gender neutral uniform and all of us wearing the same thing? Because we had seen other groups, especially mixed groups, come out with these fun color coordinated outfits, but they weren't all matching and it was I hate that when they don't match (laughs) or it's like yeah we have like a little bit of blue or whatever and they're like 10 shades of blue sorry that is a huge pet peeve of mine I hate it so you prefer the uniform (laughs) I the thing is what what you mentioned is yeah for my initial reaction was oh yeah gender neutral stuff that like 
you know, kind of makes it like a, a clean slate and doesn't like, uh, you know, try and dabble into two, you know, some kind of topics of female sexuality and how a woman should dress and stuff. And that kind of avoids those kind of things. But at the same time, it's like, okay, maybe we're putting the focus on the music, but are we erasing our femininity by doing that? You know, it's the same idea of like dress codes in schools. Like you can't wear low cut shirts, all that stuff, because you're going to distract the boys or whatever. And it's not appropriate. And those rules are usually set by like old white dudes. But I I, I see the two sides of this argument, whereas we want to be taken seriously. So let's not, you know, play into what they, to what the audience expects of like using sexuality or, but the other side is what if we want to like be individuals and like use sexuality or, or style or whatever, do we have to take femininity out of the equation? And why do we have to do that when men don't? Because men can just, I mean, I've performed with like when uh, all the guys in my group, we all wear like suits or nice clothes and ties and everyone's like, Oh yeah, look at those guys or the opposite or like not the opposite or the other side of the spectrum where we just wore our t-shirts we didn't have like, there was never like, oh, hey, dude, you're wearing an inappropriate outfit for this concert. Whereas with women groups, like you said, it's that balance between the two, both of which have really tricky social issues of sexism and femininity to navigate. Right. Yeah. So over the past few years, this has really been kind of a hot topic, especially in female acapella, you know, having that idea that feminism is a thing and it's really becoming more prevalent and Devisi since the beginning of its time, it's really like overarching message has been female empowerment and girl power and mm-hmm. girls being able to be as strong as the men groups. And I think that especially over the last few years, it's been a really kind of hot button issue with them trying to find that fine line, mm-hmm. but really understanding that as a member of the group, you're entitled to your individual representation of what yep female is to you, what womanhood is to Mm -hmm. you, and really allowing people the space to embrace that within the group and being supportive of each other within that. And I, so I I liked when I got in the kind of ambiguity of the uniforms and the idea behind them. But then as time has gone on, I've really started to adopt this new premise of like, yeah, why can't you choose whether you want to wear a dress or pants on stage or whatever? I think that has really helped to you know empower people more yeah totally because i think the idea of wearing like let's say button-down shirts and ties that while that's kind of playing it's some people would see that maybe as playing it safe and that Mm -hmm. it doesn't touch on those issues but at the same time by not touching on those issues you're not providing uh some answers or some expression to some people who might use might want that as a vehicle to express themselves while they're performing i know uh the uh, soprano alto all-female group at uh, the University of Puget Sound what she said uh, normally I think that I want to say they perform in like t-shirts but at the fall concert where all the groups perform uh, they just all have to wear they all the girls wear whatever they want as long as it's like black with like red highlights and it was really cool seeing uh, all these uh, individual women express their femininity or, or lack of femininity as they wanted to in their own individual ways. There there were some people who just wore button down shirts and like a tie. And there were others who wore heels or no heels or no shoes. Uh, And for me, I didn't like realize how cool that was till later on. It's like, Hey, they have the opportunity and they're letting themselves uh, express, express themselves and express their femininity 
in whatever way they want and using that because obviously singing is a very expressive thing and acapella is a very, occupies a unique contemporary acapella occupies a unique cultural space, you know, a lot of it collegiate. So it makes sense that, Hey, we want to express ourselves in this medium, uh, through our voice. So we should express ourselves through how, um, we dress ourselves as well. So do you know, is the VC generally, uh, letting the girls kind of just wear whatever they want in the performances now, or is the like, letting them express their femininity as they see fit on an individual basis? Yeah. So on a weekly basis, they do a campus show, a free Mm -hmm. campus show. And at that show, you're welcome to wear whatever you want. It's not a uniform thing. You wear your outfit. Yeah. And for performances, um, they have a variety of outfit choices for competition. They definitely wear a standard uniform because yeah, I mean, like yeah. you, they're not big fans of kind of the mishmash of colors. Oh, it's just patterns and things dumb. like because so. you get clashing versions <laughs> of the same color. It looks terrible. it's true. Yeah, it does not look good, and judges tend to not care for that. Yeah, the ICCAs we've heard. So um, they'll wear a kind of standard uniform. I know they had suspenders and a tie and sort mm-hmm. of classic Davisi style uniform. Um, and then they also have these outfits that they call swag fits. <laughs> Um, for a lot of their, like their spring shows or their kind of private shows, they, um, will wear, yeah, they'll give everyone the opportunity to wear what they choose to wear within a realm of colors. So black yeah. and red are Davisi colors and, um, they're all given the opportunity to just choose how they want to represent that. Yeah, and that seems like a pretty solid middle ground to having mm-hmm. kind of, at least for like competitions or s- certain performances, having here's the like baseline, but augment it how you see fit, which I yeah. think, and as long as the colors match, then I'm totally, <laughs> totally, I'm, this whole episode's going to actually just turn from sexism into like color coding. <laughs> just, Fashion faux pas. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I mean, that, that should be an episode. Uh, sweet. So we're actually going to take a quick break here. We've been talking with Katie Simon all about inherent sexism and the challenges that female acapella groups face both in outfits and in arrangements and performing. So we're going to actually listen to an album that Katie is on. This is Cosmic Love from DeVisi's album Shots Fired. And we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. A falling star fell from your heart and landed in my eyes. I screamed aloud as it tore through them, and now it's left me blind. The star.
that somehow I could find my way back And I heard your heart beating You were in the darkness too So I stayed in the darkness with you The stars and the moon They have all been blown out You left me in the dark No dawn, no day I'm always in this twilight In the shadow of your Listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, where vocal music is our forte. And welcome back to Acapella. Hello, everybody. We have been talking with Katie Simon today all about sexism in female acapella groups and the challenges they have to face. We talked a lot about wardrobe and expressing femininity. Now we're going to talk a little bit about DeVisi's unique role on the University of Oregon campus. Uh, University of Oregon, if you do not know, is home to three very well-known, very successful acapella groups. DeVisi, the soprano alto group, On the Rocks, the tenor bass group, and Mind the Gap, the mixed group. We had a guest from there, Jake Buhlman, a tenor from the group, on talking about their role in the ICCAs. And so these are three very strong, very unique groups that have all kind of uh, really come into their own over the past, you know, 15 years or so. So, Katie, I'm curious, what did it feel like being into VC, interacting with these other groups as a female acapella group, as a female identifying group uh, on the University of Oregon campus? It was really interesting. The dynamics of all three groups are completely different. And mm-hmm. so having them, you know, kind of co-reside at the U of O and co Did you guys ever fight? I always hear about like <laughs> conflicts between groups. Like, yeah, they were like this. I'm like, you guys should just full on fight. Just get it all out. <laughs> just a brawl, a yeah. UO Pella brawl. I mean, it probably <laughs> would have been helpful at some time because there, you know, there was a lot of unspoken tension. Yeah. Particularly between the male and the female acapella group. Um, so it was really, you know, it was interesting. I had friends in both groups. I, Loved getting to perform with both groups. Every Friday, we put on a campus show, as I mentioned previously, a free show for students where all three of us groups would perform um, one after the other. And surprisingly, that was one of the times that a lot of tension came up because I don't know, demographically speaking, for sure, but it really seems like the viewership of acapella is primarily, you know, college girls. (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of them wanting to come see 
boys dance around and sing and <laughs> not trying to set out stereotypes but that's no true. but i think that's it's it is prevalent it was prevalent on my campus it's prevalent at a lot of places yeah yeah and i think that i mean even though it's grown in popularity over the years you know acapella is still kind of a new thing to a lot of people mm-hmm. and it's a type of music that's not necessarily widely embraced just yet and so yeah. on college campuses where there are cute boys in a group doing funny things, there can be a no- Yeah, it's a novelty there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at our Friday shows, we the order was always Mind the Gap, the mixed group on the rocks, the male identifying group, and then Devisi, the female identifying group. Mm-hmm. And some of the tension came from you know, the audience and how much they were willing to stick around Yeah. of our performance. And it was always kind of a bummer. I mean, this was definitely more my first year in the group um, when it was a fairly new thing. But, you know, we would get up on stage and we'd all be super hyped to sing. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. Friday and everyone's excited for the weekend and we're ready. And then we get up on the stage and we see, you know, 25 people get up and leave the room. Uh. Right before God. we're about to perform, and it was kind of a bummer, you know. We'd go into that, and we'd be like, "Okay, cool, thanks for sticking around, everybody." That's so annoying. <laughs> it God. was annoying, and it was something that we kind of had to address with the men's group, you know, yeah. discuss maybe some shifts and things, and how we can make it so that you know, mind the gap isn't getting. You know, just the few stragglers that are coming right before they sing and we're not getting all of the people. Yeah, (laughs) rather than like the opening and closing act, having all three be their own like important thing. Exactly. That's that's hard because I know um, at the University of Puget Sound how they did the the only time the groups all performed together was at the acapella extravaganza at the uh, in like November. And the guys group garden level, they're the large guys group garden level always went last. So, and that was always seen as like, oh, we're all sticking around for garden level. And it was like the girls group opened and they were pretty big. And then the kind of quote unquote filler, not as exciting ones, Timberman, my group, and then underground sound, um, the small guys group and the SATV group. Like, yeah, they're there. And then it's garden level and it's the big finale, uh, regardless of how well, I mean, and that was always the case, whether like what she said was having a good year, garden level was having a good year, regardless of skill. There is like some cultural baggage with, uh, the idea of the, the male acapella group. And I think this, like you said, I think it's not uncommon on campuses across the U S I know, um, at Colorado State, there are, there are currently four acapella groups. There are three SATB groups, and then my group, Mountain Horns, which is a male-identifying tenor-based group. Um, and we were five this year. And then my friend was like, "Hey, the men's choir is like uh, the official men's choir. Uh, the cho- like the school choir isn't going to be a thing anymore. There's going to be all these guys looking for an outlet." And I'm like, "Wow, I should just make it a large guys group because I rec- and I, that was such an easy choice for me because I recognize." how much people like seeing a big guys acapella group on like a big state campus. And I'm not sure why I'm curious. What, what do you think the draw is for why guys groups, big, large tenor based groups drawn so many people and why it's so culturally like exciting for people to see that. My theory is that it's just like, that's what a lot of people think of when they think of collegiate acapella, large guys groups. What, what do you think it could be? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like it's on the same line as like the boy band phenomena. Like it's yeah. 
you know, it's like guys doing things that aren't necessarily masculine, masculine or heteronormative, but Mm -hmm. it's still really entertaining and still, you know, fun to watch. And Mm -hmm. they're usually fairly attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's an interesting thing. And it's been interesting for acapella, I feel like, because it's kind of you know, a blessing and a curse for female groups, but I feel like those all-male identifying groups are what have brought acapella to what it is today and are why, you know, shows like The Sing-Off happened because Mm -hmm. they're the ones that really gained the popularity of people outside of musicians. Yeah, I remember watching The Sing-Off and seeing On the Rocks on there, and they definitely leaned into the boy band thing Mm -hmm. a lot. They leaned into, we are a guy's acapella group. Like, that is what we are. We are men and we are singing. And I think there's definitely a certain sense of, you know, I think I have no data to back this up, but as someone studying to be a choir director, I am pretty certain there are more women in the world who sing in choirs than men. That is, I'm, or at mm-hmm. least in the U.S. And I think there is something about, okay, maybe we've seen girls sing quite a bit because uh, singing is often sing as a feminine activity or at least skews more that way. So there is this kind of like rarity or novelty to seeing, to seeing or hearing guys sing especially just because it doesn't seem as common and then when you kind of mix that like culturally with the kind of uh honestly what i see a lot like the kind of frat bro mentality like you have a very kind of volatile cultural thing there that uh i think you know kind of hooks people in different ways you mentioned like you know attractive boys you know kind of from a heteronormative standpoint uh or for heterosexual women that can be a draw uh, for me, I know that like seeing the large guys acapella group, for me, that's seen as a very like socially powerful or like very skilled thing. One, just because I sing and I think that's really fun, but it's like this big social stage and I want to get up on there and show everyone that I can do this. And I'm part of this uh, group that one challenges masculinity or like kind of toxic masculinity by being like, hey, guys can't sing and then like subverts it by being like, hey, we can and we are going to be empowered through that. So while it is still kind of honestly a little like I think the perception of it and how it can often be is a little brutish and a little kind of like I'm a man doing something impressive. It is through a kind of not necessarily masculine way. What, what do you, what, what's your thought on that? I don't want to mansplain this whole thing, but that's my that's my like at least right now going into starting or continuing a large guys acapella group. That's my theory. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that. I I mean, know. I someone needs to do a cultural study on this. That's just my right? like kind of like, hmm, I think it could be this and this, but again, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I would love some data backup for yeah. all of this information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though. It really is just you know, and it's kind of an interesting place to be as a person who is in a female a cappella group. Yeah, because I think oh sorry, I don't want to talk over. Oh, you. I hate it. Oh, I hate it when men talk. I was listening <laughs> to a it. podcast on the way here, and it was like a video game podcast. So I was like, and there was a woman on it for once. So I was like, oh, this is great. And the guys just talked over her the whole time. Oh, I forgot no. she was on this podcast. I was just like <laughs> so pissed. And I'm like, I'm going into this with a female guest. I'm not gonna talk over her. And then <laughs> talk over me. It's fine. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, I mean, I'm curious, do you think if if we take this kind of my hypothesis of the idea of like men singing seen as like a uh, paradoxical kind of uh, simultaneously reinforcing their masculinity 
um, through unmasculine like uh, activities, is it possible that girls singing for like maybe a large part of the draw or like the kind of other side of the heteronormative coin being like heterosexual men wanting to go see f- women acapella group sing? Because I'm a cisgender heterosexual man. I th- I want to go see female acapella groups sing. I think that's awesome for like a variety of reasons. But I'm wondering if is like do most men not just see it as oh it's just more girls singing because we sing see girls sing all the time is it maybe a thing with the full sound of not having always having a bass though honestly i think the lady bass thing kind of is and like and lady basses lady baritones lady tenors kind of subverting that i i wonder why the general populace of like dudes or just college campuses don't stick around for female acapella groups because i feel like at the University of Puget Sound, um, like like you said, a lot of the girls want to stay around to hear the guys sing, and the female group it wasn't as driven by like the desire to hear them sing. At least what I gathered from the campus community was a less like uh, sexual thing, and a much more like these are they had to lean I think into the kind of sassy female empowerment angle, whereas the guys group could just lean into we're dudes who sing. Having been in Davisi, do you have any inkling as to maybe why people weren't sticking around as much for you guys or female groups in general? You know, I wish I had an answer for that yeah. without, you know, making too many assumptions about... And that's what we've been doing for the past that's, 10 that's minutes, cool. which is, which, this is the place to do it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's just maybe, you know, not... It's, it's maybe a little bit more nuanced than... Mm-hmm what the male acapella group would usually be doing at a show. And I think that, you know, for some people who, if they weren't necessarily interested in choral music or things that maybe were a little bit more on the subtle sounding side, Mm -hmm. that it might not be the type of sound that's for them. And that's why they've found a place Mm -hmm. and some enjoyment in male acapella. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, obviously when we're talking about uh, female acapella groups and how popular they are you have to talk about male acapella groups uh, mm-hmm. because you know uh two kind of two sides of the coin but then i'm curious do you know what it was like uh for mind the gap in this situation if like you guys struggle to me to like kind of keep the audience and like uh on the rocks always got the biggest audience how what was mind the gap like um you know they were fairly new actually my first year in mm-hmm. the group yeah mind the gap it was interesting because they were still a fairly new group when mm-hmm. I got into DVC and I'll be honest, they weren't the most respected group on campus and it mm-hmm. wasn't because they were doing anything wrong. It was just, you know, people were familiar with on the rocks and DVC yeah. and change is hard. And so yep. coming in as a mixed group and trying to, you know, meet the other groups at a level of popularity that they'd already developed, not saying that, you know, either group was, you know, the most popular thing in the no, world, but, yeah. but you know, they'd had more time to connect exactly, with people. Exactly. Exactly. And they were better known. And I think it was really difficult for them for a few years to find their footing and really mm-hmm. understand who they were as a group because, you know, just as a new group, you just don't, Oh yeah. You Definitely. don't know what to expect. And they were starting completely from scratch. And mm-hmm. I, I think on campus, they had a really hard time trying to, to people. Get, yeah. To have people, you know, 
understand them and respect them. And that made me feel terrible because I mm -hmm. got into that group and I loved them immediately. Like I loved getting to watch Mind the Gap. I loved all of the people in there. Mm -hmm. You know, acapella at the very end of the day is all about being friends with people and just getting to like hang out yeah. with cool people all the time. And, you know, they were great. And I was really sad that they weren't given what they probably deserved. And I'm so happy now that they are, you know, finally showcasing their talents really well and people are respecting them and mm -hmm. you know, they're amazing. So yeah, they're great. And I think what this kind of brings up is for this three standard types of groups, male, female, and mixed, they all seem to have to lean into different things to hook people. Uh, for I know even for Timbermen, my small group at, in undergrad, like as a new group, we had a pretty similar thing of like we're just trying to hook people, we're trying to get people, but we would kind of, we we couldn't lean into the boy band thing as much just because of the people we were and like and how we expressed ourselves and also just because we weren't as big. We would get the kind of when we had new fans, they were generally female, and we gen and we got kind of a similar reaction that. Uh, that the larger group Garn level got with a lot of the women where it's like, Oh, it's, you know, it's the Timberman, the kind of boy bandy thing. We could lean into that a little bit, even though we weren't naturally like as people, we didn't kind of go for that. And that just really wasn't who we were. We still benefited from that of, we are a guy's acapella group. So we kind of connected people in this way. Whereas underground sound of the mixed group at university of Puget sound, they, couldn't really lean into female empowerment or the male boy band thing. They kind of just had to, they had so little like cultural um, like tools at their disposal, which sounds pretty similar to what you're saying about mind the gap. And they had to get fans like kind of purely based on talent. I've seen guys groups that are really not good, but just the idea of a guy's acapella group hooks people, mm -hmm. which really is really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I really, if someone out there is like a doctorate or is doing any kind of study on this, please let us know. Cause this is, <laughs> there's some pretty fascinating sociological questions about group of men and group of women in mix and how they appeal to audiences. I'm sure there's something about this on like just bands in general yeah. um, that I think could be, I'm, I'm going to look into after this for sure. So I think, you know, wrapping this up, clearly we do not have all the answers here and that's okay. It's just, I think something uh, I'd encourage listeners to kind of think about more and, and kind of observe around and like, hmm, why are people liking my group? Why aren't people liking my group? What seems to be working and how, what is our audience like and why are we drawing people in? Because um, I think that'll kind of, the goal is we will answer the question, why were people leaving between On the Rocks performing and before Devisi was performing? Cause I think that's a microcosm of this whole thing. And I think it's something a lot of people face and a lot is going to be a barrier and is a barrier to a lot of groups. And we, and the goal is we don't want people, we don't want groups to just stop being a group because they aren't connecting to the audiences or the audiences are too fickle or too sexist to stick around essentially. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think it's acapella, especially female acapella is just really its own thing. And, you know, over the years people have dabbled in trying to, you know, see if we just need to meet like men acapella, male acapella groups where they are, be the same type of group, mm -hmm. you know, to gain popularity. But really, it's just its own thing. They're yeah. different things. They're all acapella, but they're completely different. And I think that that's just something that people need to remember. Yeah. 
So we're going to take a quick break and listen to Diamonds by the Nor'easters, and we're going to be right back here talking with Katie Simon about female acapella.
Listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, giving listeners worldwide something to sing about. And we are back here on Acapella. We've talked today with Katie Simon all about female acapella, the crazy world that they have to navigate, gender and acapella groups, outfits, all that stuff. Uh, institutionalized sexism. It, it, this has been pretty heady and pretty heavy stuff that I've loved getting the chance to talk about. So, Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been super fun to have you. So, uh, Katie, if people want to see what Devisi is all about, how could they do that? Yeah, so Devisi is on Facebook. You just search for Devisi. They should pop right up. And on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow their handle, UO Devisi. Boom. And yeah. if you're interested in contacting me, you can definitely email me. I don't do anything interesting on social media. <laughs> but my email is katiesimon29 at gmail.com. Does that mean you're the 29th Katie Simon in the world? Or like, <laughs> I, I, I don't have, no one has my last name. So I've always wondered how numbers work on emails. Totally um, not you, relevant to what we're talking about. Might be. It's actually my birthday. So. Okay. Well, there you go. That makes that actually makes a lot of sense. And then everyone, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at John Lampus, J-O-H-N-L-A-M-P-U-S. But more importantly, find the station at Acaville Radio, A-C-A-V-I-L-L-E-R-A-D-I-O. If you don't know how to spell it, I'm not sure how you're listening to this because you have to you know, type it in to do all that. So uh, everyone, this has been a super fun episode of Talk Appella. We are nearing 50 episodes. Keep listening to hear what our 50th episode will be. It's going to be a fun, exciting little event. And for everything acapella, stay tuned. And welcome back to Talk Appella. My name is Greg Starr. My voice might sound familiar because I've been on Talk Appella before. And this is a new segment we are doing called Greg's Take. In this segment, I'll be answering some listener questions related to acapella. So the first question is, when arranging for SSAA groups, how do you make sure you have a rich sound despite the lack of a true bass voice? So this is a good question, because often when TTBB arrangements are adapted for SSAA groups, um, maybe the key is changed, or maybe it's moved up an octave, the tone quality and the timbre, you know, also changes, and it's definitely quite different. So one thing that can be done to help create kind of a rich sound from an SSAA group is to work with the voicing of chords. And what I mean by this is how much space there is between each part. So, for example, how much higher the alto 1 part is than the alto 2 part. And whereas traditionally the spacing between parts is greater for lower parts than higher parts, it actually works quite well to reverse this for SSAA groups and to have a smaller amount of space between the lower parts than the higher parts. And what this can do is it can kind of put the two alto parts and even the second soprano part kind of in a lower range and contrast them with the first soprano part, which is naturally going to be, it's naturally going to have kind of a brighter quality. And then the lower parts will sound much darker and richer in comparison with the first soprano part. 
The other thing that can be done is to use darker vowels like ooh and o oh, and to really also work with the individual group to try and get the sound you're looking for. But those particular vowels are just gonna naturally create kind of a darker and richer sound than say ah would. So the second question is, why do male acapella groups tend to be the most popular when compared to female and mixed groups? Now this is a very interesting question. And honestly, I think one of the biggest reasons is that as a society, we still tend to value, you know, male performers, male bands, and perhaps talent in men more so than women. And I can say that from my own experience, you know, as a musician and as a performer, when it comes to, you know, people who are involved with the arts, men are definitely not the majority, far from it. And yet when you look at the number of bands, performers, and also I'd say leadership positions such as, you know, conductors, it is still very male dominated. And I think that's a reality that as, you know, a lot of us as musicians and as people who are involved with the arts, we kind of have to acknowledge. It's still the case that our society, I think, places more value on talent coming from men than from women. And I also think that there are more male acapella groups than female acapella groups and even mixed acapella groups. But I think that's also kind of a reflection on the fact that, you know, male acapella groups are going to get more appreciation. They're going to get, you know, more fans. So I think a lot of this is kind of a reflection on where we still are as a society. And it is unfortunate. I think there are a lot of very talented female acapella groups and that they deserve more appreciation. Another reason could be what I alluded to a little bit in the first question, and that's that um, male acapella groups and, you know, TTBB arrangements, you know, have a different, often have a different tone or timbre quality. And the timbre that is possible with a TTBB group, you know, it's it can be more difficult to achieve that with the, the NSSAA group or group with higher voices. And I think there are ways around that, as I said in my answer to the first question. But it might simply be that the timbre and tone quality that male acapella groups can get more easily is, you know, a, really a tone quality that a lot of people enjoy. But I do think that the biggest reason is still, you know, we still have a bit of a ways to go as a society before, you know, we're truly equitable in, you know, our appreciation for male and female performers, really. And hopefully we'll continue to make progress on that front. And that does it for this week's questions on Greg's Take. If you would like to ask me a question related to acapella, feel free to contact me at gastarr at seattleschools.org, and perhaps your question will be in next week's segment. So this has been Greg's Take, and until next week, take a moment and listen to some acapella. Stand on my feet, take a look in the mirror and 
spent all my years in believing you But I just can't get no relief Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Somebody Somebody to love, find me. Somebody to 